Hello everyone, I'm Ismail Pacifico and I wish you a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. Now, in this episode, we are going to be speaking about gender identity, specifically not just gender because we're also going to cover uh, sexual orientation, everything that goes around LGBT, nationality, religion and a bit all of that and try and go a bit more into depth with, with the identitarian politics, let's say, in that way, which is basically the, the core of the identity politics game. So identity can really be divided in, in a lot of things, right? We can have gender, we can have sexual orientation, we can have race, we can have religion, we can have nationality, we can have... That's pretty much it, generally. Um, you could, yeah. I mean, people can probably find 10,000 identities by the time I've finished already, so by the time I, I finish these the 45-minute podcast, 30-minute podcast, I'll see how long it, it ends. People will probably come up with 10 new identities uh, and officialize them in one way or another. So we know all throughout history a bit what identity has done, right? Um, we know there are some sorts of identities that can work, that have worked. We have seen their flaws uh, and the positive side of, of those identities. We could dispute that there's something that's been widely known throughout history is national identity, religious identity, cultural identity, in a way. Uh, but everything that's through gender identity, sexual orientation identity, uh, race, no, okay, so race identity is not as new, but, ma- but mainly gender or sexual orientation identity as part of a of something that identifies you primarily has been something fairly new. Uh, for race, it hasn't. And for, and for race, we could dispute at some point that we know where the dark side of racial identity goes to, right? We know what it does to segregate people through racial characteristics that they may possess, right? Also specifically religious uh, characteristics, we've, we, we've, we've seen that quite a lot, but I think that's something that we are fairly good at identifying now, saying that everyone is free to practice the religion they want as long as, let's say, uh, it doesn't affect anyone else in that regard. I think it's the whole uh, liberal idea where everyone, everyone can do, believe, how they want as long as it does not affect anyone else and the problem with identity politics and the identitarians in one sense is that it does affect other people because these ideas are being implemented into policy so it it, it does not only affect them anymore it affects the the whole of society and specifically through the postmodernist doctrine and we see also through neo-marxism and it's, it's very easy. I'm pretty sure people are going to say, oh, he always speaks about the Marxists and, and neo-Marxism. And, and there's a reason for this, and specifically because of the oppressor-oppressed narrative, which I will get in, in, a bit into a bit later, because all these identitarians have one thing in common, and the, that thing in common is that they all they are all oppressed by the same person or the same idea of, of person in a way, and that's what unites them. But apart from that, everything else pretty much divides them in in every single sense of um, of the word. So, so, so that's really something to, to look at. It's been a bit like 
there are two sides of things. The identitarians where you can identify to whatever the hell you want, and then you have a bit more the the conservative side saying we have these structures, we need to respect them. And they have a bit in the centerish side where you can say you can identify whatever the hell you want. Um, just we need to acknowledge there are some biological factors inside and then we can speak about everything that's been socially constructed on top of that, right? Because you do have a biological framework in which you're born or each human being is born. There is a biological framework. And what, well, and the social constructionists that say that they're saying is that everything is a social construct, right? That biology is a social construct. And actually a lot of biologists have received a lot of criticism regarding this because uh, how long is it going to take till biologists, till biologists are actually thrown out of universities at this point where we can see, especially uh, through the humanities and social sciences, they've been completely overrun by the postmodernist doctrine. And uh, we are forgetting a bit uh, the basis or the or the funding or, or, or where we come from, let's say, uh, of personal history, or the way we interpret history and all of that, just by saying that everything is social constructs, hierarchies are a social construct, uh, societal structures are a social construct, and and all of that. It just gets to a point which is really embarrassing, even to having to speak about all of this. So in a way where we could explain, uh, and I think I will start a bit with biology and social constructs, and we can start going a bit forward more into the identitarian side of things, which will be more interesting to understand, and in which cases might identity be really necessary in a way, and in which cases is this is going too far, right? Uh, we, sh we should not cross that bridge. That is a dark place to be, okay? So a bit, we can all agree that, well, no, we can all agree. <laughs> it's just, uh, no, no one, no one agrees, actually. But anyway, so each person is born with a with a certain biological framework. So that that may be your biological gender, that may be your sense of touch, or smell, of taste, um, your height, your weight, a bit everything that constitutes that that person, right? Let's say on a, on a, on a purely biological level, um, and then everything in depending on in which time in history and which society you're born in and in which society you you develop yourself as a person you start acquiring, let's say, and inserting inside that biological framework everything in society, let's say, that everything that's happening around you or that starts to form your current self or, or, or the person that you will become a bit later on, right? So it's, it's not as easy to say, what I mean, was it the chicken or the egg, right? It is biology, it's a social construct. I mean, it's a mix of both. So it's not as straightforward answer as that, right? So there are onto something let's say the speaking about social constructs i mean that there is a thing as, as social constructs now if you just understand the social construct have been as being an oppressive you could say phenomenon let's say we're really not going to go anywhere because social constructs have been needed all throughout to lay out a certain structure in society where the well, so everything that comes with values and virtues and a bit or the religious side of things or the dogmatic side of those beliefs have indeed allowed humanity to structure itself in a way where it didn't become into complete chaos uh, or anarchy in that regard so 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 there is a plus side to the social construct 
the problem is that it's being completely demonized saying that this the social construct it has been constructed by one specific group of people and that group of people have used social constructs to obtain power right and that merely just predicated that the societal hierarchies are are power hierarchies which is not really the case uh you can have power hierarchies when uh, a society turns tyrannical in a way so that's merely just looking for the power and not really and completely disregarding the competence hierarchy and um, that is something we need to do a really good a, a, a really good balance in that regard because if you have your hierarchy sorted out in a way where you don't have anything to counterbalance or to keep an eye on it and that's why you have uh, democratic systems let's say or the law or or different structures that can counterbalance uh, these ideas so it does not turn tyrannical now tyrannical hierarchies are also are, are, are something that we see all around and in, in in some parts they are necessary at some stages in life I'm going to give an example uh, in your family um, it's it's not really a competence hierarchy in a way until you're 18 or an adult um, because first of all you do not possess the right amount of knowledge to go against your your parents wishes let's say or that person on top of of that family hierarchy right so if if you're seven years old you're not going to tell your dad no i'm not going to do that no i'm not going to lay out the table and you, and, and you need to think about oh, why did why did why is he obliging me because there's no dem there's no democracy i mean uh, we didn't vote who was going to lay down the table he just told me to do it that's something you need to do because it's something that will construct your let's say your personality a bit all throughout so that's that's let's say what, what i could call a tyrannical hierarchy where it really is possessed by one person and you don't really have any chance of going up that hierarchy uh merely through competence right so that that is something to look at i mean that there could be some situations where you where you do need a specific figure now of course each family does ha have their own uh way of of working right but generally families are not laid out through round tables a family is not generally a round table you always have this structure that that goes around and, I, and i'm not speaking now about uh, man woman kind of families no i'm just speaking about general structure whether it's two men parents uh, two women being parents uh, whatever right but the structure that you need to follow if you don't it's just going to fall apart how, how do you think it's going to it's going to happen if if, if if a couple have five kids and then from and they're all from rage between the age of five and fifteen and then it's just a, a democracy in the house what's going to happen uh there will be specifically no no structure inside that house and people will not be well educated in a way that will show them how to let's say present themselves to society where they do leave the nest right or how to behave themselves with other people and how to respect other people and what's the right way of addressing or speaking or expressing your your opinion and that is something that being in a family tyrannical hierarchy does show you in a way where i would even call it tyrannical but it's just to give uh, an example in that regard where you do learn a bit how to 
process your thoughts in a way and what to say when to say it and how to say it specifically. And for example, if you know that your dad is is pissed off about something, you're not going to go and say, dad, I'm not going to lay down the table because you can see you, you, you can see that he's that he's already in a bad mood and you're not going to be the one to even put him in a worse mood. So you will be the one that's actually going to be you're going to end up losing right in that in that opposition in that conflict that you have with your father so there's there's a biological aspect of this where age comes in um specifically because the older you get the more experiences you you go through and then you go a bit uh, you start gathering a bit more of knowledge right and i think if I, want, I don't want to say anything too crazy, but I think it was also Jean Piaget who spoke a bit about everything that's knowledge and a set of facts, but we're not going to go a bit into, into all of that. I just want to lay out what could a biological structure indeed do have some social constructs. And then, of course, we can go inside everything that's socially constructed. We can speak about religion, for example, or culture, that specific elements have been started to be inserted inside that beginning of that biological structure, right? That has been all throughout history and that and that human beings have been able to develop a bit all throughout so so that's a bit to understand the biological framework and how social so, 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 social constructs can be inserted into that now that's not the same thing as saying that everything is merely a social construct and we have no biological dna in a way and that nothing defines us apart from what we want to define ourselves as right now there are exceptions to this. We know transgender people do exist, right? There are men that are born, but even but we don't really understand yet to the extent of this specific issue, right? There, no, nobody understands it hundred percent. What's what's actually in in there? But we can agree on, or generally, most people, apart if you if if you're a very very conservative uh, anti-trans person, let's say. We can agree on that. It's completely legitimate that a man, if he identifies as a woman, he can very well be become a woman, right? Because that's respecting their right of identifying as something or, or respecting their right of freedom to do whatever the hell they want again, right? Problem it comes now, so when different types of genders that have just been appearing throughout the past, well, the past decade, let's say, and not even a few decades because we didn't have these kind of discussions 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, or you didn't have, or people, I mean, I wasn't born at, uh, 40 years ago, but um, these are these are newly emerging phenomenons or identities, and to say, where do these identities stop, and can anyone just identify themselves as whatever the hell they want? How are you going to structure society in that way if there are just 100 plus identities like some people are claiming there to be, right? I'm willing to accept there are 100 plus identities, just give me the facts and explain to me how these identities actually are Sorry, okay, now we're speaking specifically about gender, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start using the word identity, but it's also a form of, of identity, which is gender. So you explain to me how these different genders, um, gender identities, do have a biological f phenomenon to it. And then, of course, we can agree that there maybe has been some some, some social elements coming in, coming inside, but we can't disregard all of our, all of our biological background uh, in there. Biologists, or especially in universities, are starting to get a bit chased out. I don't know if you know um, Brett Weinstein in the in the United States, where 
did receive a massive amount of criticism. And I mean, you can go and listen to his podcast, which is called the Dark Horse Podcast, which I think he he's a hardcore Democrat, United States Democrat, if that even needs to be said, if that is going to um, motivate anyone to hear him. So he's not... He's not a conservative retrograde like, uh, like you would expect him to be because he does know there are some elements to biology that do need to be re- do need to be looked at and understood specifically and not just say that everything is social construct. So a part of reason, and, and he was chased, there was a whole movement uh, of people trying to chuck him out of the university, which I think in the end they actually uh, succeeded in that, which... Uh, a biology professor, right, and they chucked him out of that university, and we've seen a bit that those phenomena, not as much in 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 Europe, let's say, um, but we are seeing, especially throughout throughout the United States, it's been happening quite a lot. So that comes now to to the terms of gender, and then, well, you can say like like Piers Morgan said, I identify myself as a, a dual spirited penguin, right? Because now, I mean, if there are hundred plus genders, most of them we don't even know how many there are. Uh, people identify themselves as as much as they want. Uh, my personal opinion: you can identify as whatever you want, right? Uh, I will address you in whatever the way you want to be addressed as. Now that that is not to say that there has to be some sort of of structure of how we're going to lay out those genders in society, because there are some div- divisions that that need to be made, and I, and I. And I spoke about this before, especially if you want to respect every single person in, in one regard. You can make some divisions, for example, in, in prisons. You need to make some divisions in sports. Mm, to make some divisions, for example, when you, when you speak about my, uh, maternity leaves, right, in that regard, or paternity leaves in that regard. And then, of course, how you, how you can get to these, uh, to these equality between genders. Now, how, how you do that with 100 plus genders is not entirely clear to me, and it doesn't look... An, and it's not as obvious. That's a problem again with the collectivist idea that they're all putting the same, every single gender in the same pot or every single oppressed gender in the same pot uh, or identity in the same pot saying that everything that we have in common is the oppressive heteropatriarchal white supremacist patriarchy, um, tyrannic patriarchy, etc., etc., etc. That's the thing we all have in common. And that's what unites them in a way uh, for their cause where in the end they really have very little apart from that uh things they have in common they have very little things in common right or none so we have seen these phenomenons a bit when it comes to identity uh there are some identities that can help like with national identity religious identity um that we know the bad sides of them we know the the wars that that have sprouted out national identity or some very, very, very extreme sort of nationalism or religious extremism um, in that case. So, so we know the downsides of that, but the downsides of, of let's say, gender identity and sexual orientation identity per se, so you're identifying yourself as that specific thing in which primarily you really have no say over, right? Um, people, well, for you to be an homosexual, uh, I personally don't think it's something that is socially constructed. I personally think it's more like something like biological, like a person is born and they, and a bit throughout they start to realize who they are attracted to in that regard. So we really do need to see, and I apologize if you can hear the ambulance. 
yeah, I just let that go past. So you can't really see. Um, I just forgot. I was thinking about the ambulance. Um, okay, so regarding the uh, the sexual orientation, we, we we don't really understand yet to which extent might be socially constructed. But I personally think it's just the way people grow up and they they have been thinking one way, and then at one point it manifests itself generally throughout adolescence and um, throughout that sexual emancipation that everybody goes through and if you're a man and you love a man or you're a woman and you love a woman that's completely legitimate and that's your right to have whatever kind of sexual partner you you want to have in your life um but that isn't something that we've entirely understood either because uh, there have been well a lot of people have tried to let's say explain it in one way or another but i think we can just merely accept the fact that homosexuality has been something that has been around for ages since the beginning of time um and that's something completely normal it's nothing abnormal and then of course you can have these social constructive religious ideas that have been sprouting out let's say and creating this sort of uh, of demonization of homosexuality in a way which which i really don't adhere to but that of course can start evolving all throughout time we can see the the, the pope endorsed gay marriage just a few weeks ago right so 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 there is a way to evolve and to start interpreting, let's say, social constructed ideals or texts. And of course, if religion is merely social constructed, it's not entirely clear to me either. Um, but but we can speak about God and religion and and all of that. But there is a fair amount, if not all of it, that is um, that is man produced, right? And uh, that everything that has been inserted into that has been someone or some group of people that have been thinking all these things through and then throughout time it starts evolving and that socially constructed phenomenon has been let's say transforming or evolving or adapting to its time and historic context in that regard and that's how all our value systems and societal structures have been being constructed all throughout the way with some some sort of layouts frameworks that have allowed us to organize ourselves in a society where we're going to make the most or we're going to do our best so that everyone can thrive in one way or another and eventually to the pursuit of happiness now what happiness actually is we do not really know because Lee through Marx had the idea of well one of the ideas of happiness and I think one one thing that really went wrong with that is that the the underlying problem and the problem that will resolve all of the issues is the is the is a person's income it's not entirely clear either so which, which i think is not true whatsoever i mean of course if you get the maslow's hierarchy of needs you need some certain amount of income to actually do cover those primary needs which could be shelter food clothing um and all of that so you can actually start thinking about other things in life and emancipate yourself as a fully grown human being where you can actually start looking the real meaning in life or what you want to take out that life but i'm getting a bit too much into the uh, into, into into the philosophical side so we we, we know the issues with the, the flaws inside um national identity right or, or, or where it can go to the extremes religious identities where it can go to the extremes it's not as clear yet on how it works because everything has an extreme right everything needs to have a limit um if not just go into uh, some sort of of radicalism extremism where it can 
manifests himself, itself in, in many different ways, generally um, through violence, unfortunately. That's just how the humans are created in a way where if it gets to a certain point, it will... Everything that has been cooking up throughout the years will extrapolate itself and explode into a social bomb, let's say. And again, I really don't know what's happening tonight. It's a Wednesday. Well, anyway, I'm really sorry for the uh, for the ambulance. Uh, they're probably my fault of having this kind of microphone. I can get noises from the street. But anyway, so it's not it's not entirely clear to which point we should stop this 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 identitarian movement or or where we should see where it goes wrong. Again, on personal point of view, for me, anyone can identify in in whichever they want. Um, on a personal level, now if if those identitarian identifications need to be translated into policy in one way or another, now there has to be a bit more argumentation to claim to claim those facts or so-called facts, right? If you really want to translate it into a, in, in, into a legal framework or democratic framework upon which a society is built upon, so it's it's not as easy as to say that for for something to be legal just someone needs to think of it or someone needs to claim that that that's their right of identifying that way um it's a lot more complicated than that especially uh, specifically that uh, that topic now when it, when it comes to race identity and we keep forgetting a lot specifically the racial movement one of the most uh, let's say, famous quotes of Martin Luther King, which would be one of the one of the most important, if not one of the most important, uh, personalities of the twentieth century, uh, specifically in the U.S. and I think all all across the world, like Nelson Mandela was, like Gandhi was, and you have a lot of people of the sort um, uh, in in that thing. And he said, "We need to stop," or something like that. I don't have the exact quote uh, here. But he said something that we need to stop judging people by their racial characteristics, let's say, or the physical characteristics. But we need to start judging people on on the content of their character. And I, and, and and I really want to put an emphasis on the content of the character, because with the identitarian movement, we are we are seeing that there's one thing that identifies you, and that's some specific trait you possess. On which you have no say over and that's the main thing that will identify you and it is not your content or or not your knowledge or your personality your values your virtues and everything that constitutes the re the real person which is behind all of this which is behind just behind your your face your body everything that's underneath is what really does represent a person the kindness in in, in inside each person or or the malevolence inside each person, right? And that's what actually does represent each one of us as an individual. Now, we can have some sorts of identity which are necessary in a way if you want to look for some sort of meaning in in life or some sort of family. So you can have familiar identity, for example, with your family name. That's a very strong sense of identity and of and of. Um, you know, let's say a responsibility to take care of your family, take care of the close ones, take care of the people that have loved you all throughout your childhood, 
and when you get to the point where you can be the one that loves them back and takes care of them back in one way or another uh, a bit like paying a debt let's say but not really a with not any legal repercussions in a way because that debt is mainly a moral debt which you have with those people that have been taking care of you for so many years throughout your lifetime um, so if you don't possess this sort of identity towards your family of course uh, the whole family structure would completely collapse and uh, what would parents do when they get to the age of 80 or 90 or 70 or even 50 I mean it depends with all the health problems that, that come with age right what would they do if they have no one to take care of them at that time um, and that's something also where, where I am seeing that we're trying to the family structure or, or having kids or wanting kids is getting a bit demonized in a way. I mean, w what are you going to do when, you, when you're 60, when you're 70, when you retire? If you have, if you have no kids, you have no family. Uh, and you just made all this amount of money. So let's say someone that just, the, the main goal in life is to make as much money as possible and work as hard as possible. And they have no time to, to form a family, to get married with whoever they want to get married, to adopt kids or have kids. Um, or even have a farm if, 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 if your family wanted the animals. I mean, I have a dog and I consider him part of my family. So whatever, right? But, but we need to find something else that isn't specifically your socioeconomic identity, which was, let's say, one of the main arguments that Marx used, wanted to create the war of class or between classes, saying the proletariat is the oppressed class and the oppressor is the bourgeoisie. Okay, so we've got two classes, right, which is the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. Can you see any similarities with now what's happening? So you have one class, which is everyone that is not a white heterosexual male. And then you have white heterosexual males. So those are the two. So you have the oppressors or the oppressor, the idea of the the heterosexual white supremacist patriarchy and everyone else right and then we need to find a way to to combat this structure that has been oppressing us for so many years which if you make that claim fair enough um excuse me we can have a discussion about it and see to which extent have you been oppressed and how to take care of that um, in one way. There are movements that were highly necessary in the 20th century, but I don't see them as necessary nowadays. So those conversations do need to be had uh, in some regard. But the ends do not justify the means. That is something that we are, we are highly forgetting, in a sense. If we keep forgetting the way of conducting ourselves, manners, respect, tolerance, dialogue. The main reason why I'm called the Civic Podcast is a bit of civility inside people, which is something that we are slowly losing the will to, to speak with facts, with arguments, with understanding, with tolerance with each other. Uh, and that's a bit maybe my optimistic side of humanity, where I do think with, with a certain amount of, of, of values and a well-structured moral code, that we can obtain through through different sources in our lifetimes we can get to this common ground of understanding where we can really respect everyone's freedom everyone's individual freedom 
to emancipate themselves in whichever way they, they deem fit or in whichever way they want to emancipate themselves as long as they respect the general rules that we all agreed upon through our democratic structures right so that's that's like a a nice future to foresee in that regard but coming back to when i quoted the uh, martin luther king we're basically doing completely the contrary of what he said on that we are we are judging people basically on on traits on physical traits on skin color gender sexual orientation and gender nowadays is not even physical anymore because of course but it's still something that you don't really have any say over comparison to religion and let's say national identity you do have the chance to identify yourself as something else or create your own identity or family like i said um so you do have the choice in that i mean if you identify yourself as spanish or british or belgian or american anyone can identify themselves as that if you identify yourself as muslim and you want to and you want and and you want to follow the muslim confession you can convert yourself to the muslim confession like can convert yourself to the to the christian confession the jewish confession and so many of those so so there is a process of of conversion and i feel like people need to follow this process of conversion in order to be regarded as as morally stable or what we could understand by what is morally just through the the, the identitarians right so we are seeing a lot of people that purely identify themselves as heterosexual white males like myself that's the way i i don't cisgender the heterosexual white male if you will that people need to comply with the with the transformation of identity let's say so say no i'm one of you guys i'm I, i'm not really an, heter an heterosexual cisgendered white male don't worry I'm, I'm i'm one of you guys so they're not demonized as the enemy in that regard so there, there has been this phenomenon of where people need to wear a kind of mask and I, and and at one point i think it's going to stop um again there has been some oppression in the past there is still some oppression today problem is that if we divide this oppression purely on on not personality traits but on personal physical characteristics or things in which primarily we have no say over in the way we feel in the way we're born in the way we grow up in that regard we, we we don't really decide to be born in this family or be born in another family or or be born this or become that right well we can decide our, our actions and how we use our either position of privilege or or whatever positive side that we may bring whatever positive things that we may bring onto the table of the big table of society how we can use all of that for the better good and how to create a better world that is something that we should really try and exploit and not try and look directly for the flaws and what hasn't allowed us to emancipate ourselves freely which it's also becoming a kind of excuse in a way where I am not able to do this because I am being constantly oppressed by that. So I'm not able to bring all of these positive things that I may have to offer 
until the suppressor is on the ground. And these sort of, of conflicts we have seen before. And we've seen where they lead us to. Racial identity, the, the, the segregation of racial identity, it can lead us back to Nazi Germany, it can lead us back to South, to South Africa, can lead us back to many countries, uh, to United States, can lead us back to many countries in where we, we know where racial segregation can go to. So we know those limits. What really surprises me that nowadays we, we, we are still dividing people by color. And even still within those colors, there are being divisions. I don't know if you've seen some videos personally through the Black Lives Matter movement, black people telling other, or white people, no, okay, no, even worse, not even black people telling other black people, but white people telling black people, you are not black. You are not our folk. You do not respect the black culture because you do not say Black Lives Matter and lift up your fist. And if anyone knows what lifting up their fist means, don't know that it's not just let's say another it's, it's not a new movement we've seen what lifting up the fist means so it's like we, we we're trying to forget a bit where we come from and we're trying to forget all our history and or not even forget it but demonize it and try to put it in a box where it should not be touched and create a new society in which we're all supposed to live freely and better lives which I always ask the same question what do you think it's been tried before these things have been tried before and, 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 and why do you think that you specifically are going to do better than the people before us how, how are you more intelligent or more enlightened than our forefathers or our parents or, or your grandparents and that is something that needs to be deeply thought about and not just think that we are the enlightened youth new generation that are going to change the world and that everything that was done before was evil and was only done for the benefit of one specific group of people which honestly if you see history and the history in humanity that way what an ugly way of seeing things and honestly it does not leave any optimistic horizon to thrive towards as human beings in a common world where we can actually all try and do as much as we can to live together in peace and not go through the same horrors that have been happening throughout history and all of this identitarian politics or not even politics or social or social movements or, or social phenomenon have been promoting in a way where we do not really know anymore how to how to stop it or if you have to comply because then it's become a bit like a and you're obliged to comply that's been in philadelphia where seeing like for example people in 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 restaurants well um, demonstrators going inside restaurants and disturbing everyone that was having a nice meal and you all need to lift up your fist right now if not you're the bad guy 
you're, you're the bad person if you don't lift up your fist and there has been many movements and then i think there was this black woman in the united states which which spoke against all of this i mean she she, she and it's even more beautiful all the way because she was actually one that that was marching through black lives matter where in in a sense black lives matter does have a a part of 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 truth to it or or a um a legitimate claim to make which is police brutality in the united states right so 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 there is something to to look at in in that regard and she did march for that cause till it came to a point that it said you need to lift up your fist now to keep being part of that movement and i apologize i don't know why my dog always needs to wake up and start scratching when i'm recording but i'm sorry for that <laughs> so and she completely said, no, I will not lift up my fist. And uh, she got very much criticized for, for, for all of this. But she will not just not comply because she was not going to get told against their will what she should do what, or what she should represent. And, and, and that's a bit what's happening right now, which I'm, I am under the feeling that if you're not us, you're the enemy. Right. Um, and we've seen that before. So if you're not with us, you are the enemy. Um, okay, I really do need to check out why he's scratching that much. I assure you, he's clean. He has nothing on him. But, <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so, yes, identity is something that is necessary in, in some areas, in some regards. But there has to be a limit to how we identify ourselves and how we define that identity and what can be the right way of identifying ourselves, let's say, as human beings, as individuals. Uh, and this thing of bringing up before your your physical, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not only physical, but um, I, I don't really know what other word to use. Uh, Unfortunately, I do not possess the knowledge of the whole of the English dictionary. But if you just reduce the identity to simple traits of which you have no say over and completely disregard your personality, which for me is the real identity. For me, the, the real identity in people is their personality, is what actually does represent them, is, it, is the thing that people are going to remember you for. For the content of your character that's how you're going to get remembered you're not going to be remembered for being x y or z you're going to be remembered for the content of your character and your competence and what you were able to do in the world to make it better or to advance let's say and everything that you've achieved all throughout that for me is the real identity that for me is the is the primary identity we should strive for is the personal development of each person and not an identitarian let's say yeah like i said just physical physical identity traits or psychological identity traits where are becoming fairly new and have been in the uprise recently especially now being extrapolated directly now uh throughout during during the coronavirus pandemic which is, is not as easy when we have already so many other issues to deal with all throughout the world so please i do urge people to think about these things and again, I'm going to say anyone can identify themselves as whatever they want. They can love whoever they want. Um, that does not affect me in any way. Uh, it does not a 
attack my manhood, like people will say. I do, I, I, I do not feel specifically attacked. What I do feel is our culture or our history being attacked in a way, or our biological heritage being attacked. But me as an individual, not necessarily. People, society as a whole, yes. So there's some food for thought. And I really do urge people as much as my, let's say, my input, well, to which point would you consider my input to be important? Where well, that, that's for you to decide. But I really do urge people to think about these things and and be careful when when they comply to things against their will. We've known when they has led before in the past to comply against your will. It's not a pretty picture. People need to think for themselves. People need to speak for themselves. People need to represent themselves. People need to construct themselves psychologically, mentally, basis of knowledge, facts, experiences, friends, family, everything that constitutes, everything that has allowed you to, to become the person you are today or the person that you will become tomorrow or in 10 years or in 50 years or the person you will be in your deathbed. I think I will leave it there for today. Um, I do hope that first of all, I will be adding a bit more, um, let's say professionality to the podcast. I'm gonna try to do an intro and all of that, but I won't really bore you with all of that. I think you'll probably see when, when it comes at that point. But again, if you manage to survive uh, this time, I'm not entirely sure if I will divide it into two parts or one that I will, I, I will check. But in any case, I really do appreciate everyone that's listening, or if you manage to survive to the end. And please just do think about some things and do not comply to something on which you don't really agree on. Try to think for yourself. Try to raise your voice. Just be yourself. Be yourself. And on that note, I am Ismail Paisivico, and this was The Civic Podcast. Thank you very much all for listening.